0: Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church. And I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message.
1: Come on, who is thankful for Jesus tonight? I think you can be a little bit louder than that. man. Let's give love to Mike and Lori. Uh, uh, Is it Ramirez? All right. All right. Give them a hand. Wasn't that awesome? This is Throne Studios. He's anointed what he does, and we're so thankful to have them here tonight. I want to encourage you to follow them on Instagram and TikTok and all that good stuff uh, because it'll bless you. I know it will. Well, you can go ahead and be seated tonight. John, if you want to continue to play. But just real quick, I want us us to really look at what Jesus went through for us. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Bible tells us this, that in John chapter 18 and in in that text and in that scripture, in John 18 is where Jesus is in Garden of Gethsemane where he sweat drops of blood. The Bible says that, Caiaphas had sent Malchus there with the temple guards and they came to arrest Jesus. And we read about it that he says, I am he. Aren't you thankful that you serve the I am God tonight? He said, I am he. And the Bible says there were 600 soldiers that were there to arrest Jesus, a man who was innocent, a man who made the blind eye see, who made the lame walk, who made the deaf hear, who walked on water, who prayed for a man at the pool of Bethesda with a lameness or, or lameness for 38 years and he was made whole. Like I think about the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. The Bible tells us that he went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. And I'm telling you, he's still that Jesus today, but here he was and they begin they, they were going to arrest him, and you know the story as Malchus comes up on the scene. Peter's there, and Peter cuts off his ear to, to save his Jesus. But when he says, I am he, the Bible says that all 600 of them fell to the ground of the power of God. are not you know there is power in the name of Jesus? Don't you know there is the power in the I am God that we serve? And as he said that, they all fell to the ground. In fact, Mark's gospel records that there was a boy that was inside of a tomb... And that he came out in a linen sheet and he was naked. Everybody thought he was just a madman. He was crazy. No, they had buried him a few days before. But when he went under the power of God, there is life in the blood. Can I say it tonight? There is life in the blood. But they begin to lead him. The Bible says that they led him to the temple courts. That word led is like a a term that we use in agriculture of leading a horse out of something. Our Jesus, with the chain around his neck, they took him into the temple courts where Caiaphas began to accuse him falsely of things that he didn't do. And the Bible says that those temple guards and people around him, they began to spit on him, our Jesus, open-handedly beat him and bruise him in the face. And then they, they went from there and they said, we're going to take you to the governor, Pilate. Pilate was there because it, it was the time of Passover in the time of Jerusalem. So the Bible in the history records to us that he normally wouldn't be there, but that, they were, that he was there. And so as he goes before Pilate, the Bible says this. That Pilate asks him, what is your accusations? And they lie. They say they, they, that, that he tells the Jewish people or he tells the people not to pay taxes to Caesar. And that he's done all these different things. And he, he claims to be the king of the Jews. And the Bible says that Pilate looks at him and says, are you the king of the Jews? He said, no, that's what you say I am. And then then the temple guards, we read about this in Matthew's gospel, that that the temple courtsmen, that they begin to ask him a second time, are you the king of the Jews? And he doesn't answer. And then the third time, Pilate asked him, he said, are you the king of the Jews? And he says, he says nothing. See, Jesus knew and Pilate knew that in the Roman culture that if you did not give you an accusation to questions that were come against you, Three times you got the maximum sentence to death. Can I tell you, Jesus laid down his life for you and me. He took the guilty payment. He knew it was the Father's command. In in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And one of the temple people stood up, maybe Caiaphas, and said, Are you not going to accuse the Galilean? And he said, He's a Galilean. We'll send him to Herod. And the Bible says they send him to Herod. And the Bible says that he rejoiced when Jesus got there. Why did he rejoice? Because this is Herod Antipas. This is the son of Herod the Great that we read about in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, where he sent out a census in the land to kill two and under. He was trying to kill the virgin birth son of God. He's the one that he had heard about that in his hometown where he he had performed all kinds of miracles where people were raised from the dead, where people blind eyes see, all of those things that Jesus did, he was excited to see him. But yet Herod, he, Herod said this, perform a miracle for us, and he wouldn't do it. The Bible says that he acted like an animal. He got so mad with, a, with, with men of war that was all around him. And he began, he began to mock him, the Bible says, and scream in his face, then he put a, a royal robe around his neck, basically saying this, you're not a king. You think you're a king, but you're not a king. You won't perform a miracle right in front of our face, so I think you're not a king. Think about all the things that Jesus has already been through. He's already been spit on. He's already been beat. He's already been accused. He's already had one of his buddies say, uh, I'll be with you. And he says, no. Peter said, he said, as the rooster crows, you'll you'll deny me three times. There's so many things that Jesus is going through, what he went through for you and I. So he sends him back to Pilate. You know the story of Pilate. As he's standing before Pilate, he sees nothing wrong with him. In fact, his wife even speaks up and says, there's nothing wrong with this man. Pilate goes on to say, my hands. He washes his hands. What? What is he doing? Water is is purifying his hands or his livelihood. He said, I am washing my hands of this just man. Everybody in the crowd, this would be you and me, were saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And there he was, our Jesus, our Savior, the one who went about doing good and healing all, was sent the maximum sentence for you and I. We read the rest of the story of what happens. He was scourged. In fact, this morning, if you were online, I talked about a Roman scourging. This was not a Jewish scourge. This was not a Jewish whipping. Were Jews, they would, Paul was whipped in 1 Corinthians. He was whipped 39 minus 1. They believed this, the 40th stripe would kill a person. But the Romans would whip to the death. The cat of nine tails with bones and glass and all kinds of things in it with two men on each side. He was bound to a whipping post. And they began to beat Jesus, ripping the flesh off of his body. Romans tell us this in history, that his nerves would be exposed. That his muscles would be exposed. His flesh was ripped off. He was completely naked when this happened. Then they put a robe on his back with that fresh blood dripping off his body. Putting on that nerves that was painful enough. And then he called for a crown of thorns to be placed and planted inside of his head. Then they called, they called for his cross and as he carried it down to Vita Dolorosa, called the way of suffering. Romans tell us this in history that there was a that there was a heralder out in front accusing him of all the things that he had done. In fact, in Greek, Jewish, and Latin. It would say that he was the king of the Jews. As he's carrying this cross of everything that he had already been through, here comes a man by the name of Simon Cyrene. The only thing we know about him is where he is from, and he helps him carry the cross up at that place of the skull, the place of Golgotha. There he has, there he has nails in his hands or in his wrists, both wrists, put his feet together and through the bones of it. To where he couldn't even lift himself up. There's so much more to the story and so many things of what it means. But when he was on the cross, one of the last things that he said was this. And this is what I want us to think about on this Good Friday. And what this represents. He said, it is finished. Come on, I want to say it again. It said, it is finished. I hope that's not finished yet because I'm still going here. And you know what that means? It means tele, tele lestai, and it means I have done exactly what you requested. The mission is now accomplished. You know what it means? First of all, it meant he was telling the Father that. But number two, this is what the priest said after the sacrifice on the Day of Atonement. It was completed, it was perfected, it was fully accomplished, it was done once and for all, finished forever. That's why John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God, not a Lamb of God, but the Lamb of God, once and for all, paid, it is finished for you and I. Not once a year do you have to kill a Lamb, behold, the Lamb of God was killed once and for all. It is finished. You know what us it meant in the secular sense it meant the full payment of debt was paid for you and you and i you and i have a debt that we couldn't pay for but we had the son of god a jesus that loved us so much that paid the ultimate price that died on the cross at calvary for you and me can we get excited tonight on a good friday of what jesus did for you and i our debt is paid in full everything you've said everything every person you've hurt, every needle you've put in your arm, everything you've watched that was sin that separated you from God, at that moment, he said, I did it once and for all for everybody. The Greek said this, that telelestai means this, that it was the turning point when one period ended and another new period began. How many of y'all believe when you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life and 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says you are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. I'm telling you, it was the end of one era and it was the beginning of a new one in your life when he died on that cross. See, it's so amazing. The Bible tells us in Matthew's gospel that it happened at the sixth hour that when it happened that the earth shook and the veil was torn. See, in the sixth hour, Caiaphas, the one who had made accusations against Jesus, he was preparing the lamb to die. But as he was doing it on the day of Passover, as he was doing it on the day of Passover, our true one Passover lamb was was complete. Ripping the curtain once and for all. The Bible says that our high priest in Hebrews, it says that, it, that, that he was tempted in all three ways of man, but yet he didn't give in to all of them. How many of y'all thankful for the high priest, Jesus Christ, for you and I? You know the rest of the story, and we're going to celebrate it on Sunday. Hey, he was buried, but on the third day, he rose again and showed resurrection power for you and I, and he's still alive today. But I've talked about the lamb. I've talked about the man. But real quick, I want to talk about the lion. See, most people hear the lion of the tribe of Judah, but they don't understand what that means. Hosea, if you don't understand, in Revelations 5 and verse 5, it says, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. You go back to the book of Genesis. In Genesis, Israel is... is Israel is... He's about to put the birthright onto his family. And normally he would give that to the firstborn Simeon, but he had, he had slept with his father's wife and his two brothers under him, Levi and Simeon, um, or Levi and Naphtali. They had broke covenant with neighboring tribes, so he had to give it to the fourth son. His name was Judah. And he begins to prophesy to him of what Judah would be like. He would be like a lion. We know that Jesus is from the lion of the tribe of Judah. But in Hosea's gospel chapter 5, Hosea is prophesying through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about the Messiah, and he says this in Hosea 5:14, for I will be like a lion to Ephraim and like a young lion to the house of Judah. See, this is the Lord talking, he's saying, I'm coming down to Israel, and I'm gonna touch all of Israel, and I'm going to be like a lion of the tribe of Judah. Goes on to say, I say this: I even I will tear and go away. I will carry off and no one shall rescue. See, that's what a lion does in the jungle. He's the king of the jungle, and he tears things apart when he eats it. That's exactly what Jesus did when he came to the earth. He tore. He preached a message that divided the country. He said some things as the Messiah that others said he wasn't. Uh, He divided the nation. What does a lion do when he gets a hold of something? He tears it, and he eats the best part of the meat. The other things are thrown to the side where the vultures get it. This is exactly what happened to Israel. Christ came, tore the country apart. All the righteous people followed the Messiah by the multitude. But those who rejected and hated him were left to be destroyed. In Hosea 5.15, he said, I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face. And in their distress, earnestly seek me. This is exactly what Christ did. He went into all the world. Now, how is it that He comes back? We see in Hosea 6.1. Come, let us return to the Lord, for He has torn us, that He may heal us. He has struck us down, and He will bind us up. See, God judged them in the beginning, but then He is going to restore us. Same God that judged them is going to put them back together. We see in Hosea 6.2. After two days, He will revive us. On the third day, He will raise us up that we may live before Him somewhere, that tells us that somewhere around 2,000 years after He left, He will put us back together again as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Are you hearing me tonight? In 2 Peter 3 and verse 8, it says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that, that the Lord." That with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. So that proves that two days he will revive us. So I'm here to tell you tonight there's a lion that's coming back. And he's coming back for a church. He's coming back for you and me. And it's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hosea 6.3 says, let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. In the King James, the word is more properly fixed. It's prepared for the morning. See, in the mind of God, there is a day, there is an hour, there is a minute, there is a second that Christ will return. I'll say it again. There is a day, there is an hour, there is a minute, a second that He is coming back for you and me. We don't know when it is, but we know the season. And we know that the season is this. It's at any time, so you better be ready. Are you grateful that we serve a God? That was the lamb. That was the man. And he's still the lion of the tribe of Judah that is sitting at the right hand of the Father for you and me. See, the lion is the face. Are you done, brother? Go ahead and flip it for us. Because we want to celebrate the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb that was slain for us. Come on. Can we think about Jesus tonight? The lamb... The man, the lion. Come on, we ought to give praise for the lamb, the man, and the lion. Come on, who saved you tonight? Stand to your feet tonight if you believe this. That he's the lamb, he's the man, and he's the lion. He's the lamb that was slain for us. He's the man that was on the cross at Calvary. And he's returning to you and me as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on. Come on, this is exciting. This is not popular preaching today to talk about the lion because people get freaked out. See, God loves you as you are, but God wants to change some things in you. And what I wanted to do tonight on this Good Friday, I wanted it to be practical, and all of you should have got a card when you were coming in. And as we're reminded of the things that Jesus died to and all the things that he went through, I want you to think about your life and where it is today. Is there some habits in your life? Is there some things in your life that you're not prepared for the lion of the tribe of Judah to return tomorrow? If there's some things in your life, some, maybe it's generational curse that's been passed down from generation to generation, I want you to write down some things and say, you know what, God? Because of the sacrifice that you are for me, I'm prepared for the returning of you. Maybe it's a dream that you've put to the side. Maybe it's some loved ones that you put on there that you're believing God for, that God wants to use you as the conduit to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever it is, you know what I'm believing God for during this season, I'm believing for a homecoming. Come on, who's with me tonight that we're believing for a homecoming. I'm believing for sons and daughters to come home to serve the lamb, the man, and the lion. Come on, who has some nieces and nephews that need to know Jesus tonight? Come on, who has some co-workers at your job that need to know Jesus tonight? Come on, let's make a list of those people. Let's write some things down that maybe you were reminded tonight of the sacrifice that Jesus did for you. What are some things that you need to sacrifice in your life? What are some things in your life that you need to sacrifice? Come on, who's thankful tonight on this good Friday? Come on, who's thankful tonight on this Good Friday? The lamb, the man, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Aren't you thankful that you serve the king of the jungle? Aren't you thankful that it's not like a gazelle or a hyena? It's the king. In Matthew's gospel, he was referred to As the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So this is what we're going to do tonight. I want you to write that down. We're going to worship one more time. We're going to worship one more song. I want you to prayerfully consider what it is that you're going to die to tonight. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. I want you to keep it in your Bible. As a constant reminder to you on this Good Friday. Of a commitment that you made with the Lord.
0: A commitment that you made to God right here thanks for joining us we want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at aol church it's because of you that all of this is possible you can give now by clicking the link below and if you haven't already subscribe and share this message it helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you be sure to stay connected to us through our church center app our website arenaoflifechurch.org and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.